Chapter Nine of the Holy Land and Syria by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter Nine on the Site of Solomon's Temple. I want to take you this morning to the summit of Mount Moriah and show you the site of Solomon's Temple. It is on the same spot where Abraham, at the command of the Lord, was about to sacrifice his only son Isaac when he was told to desist and shown the ram with its horns caught in the thicket behind him it is the place where the wisdom of the boy christ astonished the wise men where david solomon and elijah used to pray and where according to the mohammedans the blast of the trumpet will sound forth at the day of judgment the spot is sacred to both christians and moslems indeed it may be called the holiest on the face of the globe the geologists say that mount moriah is one of the two oldest parts of the world the other being mount sinai upon which moses received the ten commandments they prove this by the rocks saying that when the world was thrown off by the sun and floated about in its nebulous state through the air the parts which first solidified were the summit of sinai and the rock which now stands inside the mosque on the top of moriah there is also a jewish tradition that as the lord saw the solid earth rising out of chaos he blessed these two spots and said they shall be great in the history of the human race which i shall create and upon one of them shall my holy city be built mount moriah is on the eastern edge of jerusalem proper it is just opposite the mount of olives and above the garden of gethsemane across the valley of jehoshaphat its top is a plateau containing thirty-five acres or about one-seventh of the whole of jerusalem inside the walls the walls partially bound this plateau and in them at the northeast corner of the city is the gate through which st stephen is said to have passed when he was stoned to death by the jews across from the plateau and far down below it is the jews wailing place hugging it on the west south and north are the box-shaped limestone houses which form the greater part of jerusalem in going to it we leave our hotel on mount zion and make our way down david street through a horde of pilgrims of all colors and races we pass the church of the holy sepulchre go through a bazaar where men and women sitting on the ground are selling glass bracelets and beads from hebron past shops selling candles to be burnt at the tomb of our saviour and on through a vaulted tunnel-like street which was once the cotton bazaar but which now sells everything else ascending a stairway at the end of this tunnel we find ourselves on the plateau now occupied by the mosque of omar but formerly the site of the temple of solomon this plateau rises in terraces we come first on to the level which was known as the court of the gentiles and was open to jew and gentile alike from this we go up to the court of the israelites and then to the court of the priests which is now under the great mosque of omar in the latter court stood the open-air altar for burnt offerings the very rock upon which abraham tied isaac when he was about to sacrifice him in obedience to the lord's command the great flat rock on the summit of mount moriah over which the dome of the mosque of omar now rises was the ancient threshing floor of ornan the jebusite in many parts of palestine today a flat rock or a hard piece of ground 
is selected as a threshing floor upon which the ripe grain is laid down to be trodden out by cattle or mules david purchased this particular floor from ornan as an offering to the lord so that the people might be freed from a terrible pestilence then raging in jerusalem the bible account continues then david said this is the house of the lord god and this is the altar of the burnt offering for israel and right away he began preparations for the temple which was actually built on this spot by his son solomon the muslims have their own tradition regarding this rock since ancient times it has been the custom in the holy land to bring the harvested grain to the community threshing floor which is soon walled with toppling piles of sheaves each pile belonging to a different farmer the owners of the wheat sleep on the threshing floor at night so as to keep watch over their property according to the mohammedan story two brothers one married the other a bachelor lay down to sleep beside their respective piles the married brother waking in the night began to think how much grain he had and then of his brother's lot compared with his own poor fellow said the married man he has no wife and children to comfort him and make his life happy to even things up a little i will slip over and add some of my sheaves to his and he will never know i have given them to him this he did and then fell fast asleep again a little later the bachelor brother woke and thought of his great stacks of grain and how he being unmarried needed so much less than his brother poor fellow thought he i who am free have much more than i need i will give him some of my grain while he sleeps for he would never take it from me if he knew i was giving it so he transferred a generous portion of wheat from his heap to his brothers in the morning both were astonished to find their piles exactly the same size as they had been the night before then a prophet appeared to them and told them what had passed in the night he said that god who had seen and approved the evidences of their brotherly kindness had decided to make this threshing floor the place of prayer for the whole world directly under the plateau on which solomon's temple stood is a great catacomb which once formed a part of one of the jerusalems of the past let us first visit these underground caves before going into the mosque descending the steps we come into a wilderness of vaults with roofs upheld by pillars and arches of stone some of the stone blocks are of enormous size i have measured one which is eight feet wide and fifteen feet high these stones are beautifully laid they are closely joined and show mechanical ingenuity in their construction the pillars are about four feet square and some of them have holes bored through the corners it is claimed that the vaults were constructed by solomon for his stables and that the holes in the columns were the tying places for the horses in some of them are stone mangers which the guides say were used long ago others claim that this stable story is a fiction and that the excavations were made in erecting the temple and the great columns put up to sustain its platform however that may be the architecture is wonderful for that time or indeed for our own there are altogether a hundred or more vaults and the mighty stones which wall them are so heavy that it would be impossible to handle them nowadays without the use of machinery since the site of solomon's temple is now a mohammedan shrine and under their control christians cannot visit this place 
unless they first obtain an official permit this i obtained through our american consul who not only arranged for a soldier to escort us but sent along his chief kavas so that we have two guards with us as we walk about the kavas is a sort of major-domo of the consul he has two of them tall straight syrians attired more gorgeously than solomon in all his glory they wear vests covered with bands of gold embroidery with long flowing sleeves like those of the ladies of the middle ages they wear big baggy trousers each pair of which would make two full suits for a fat man they have enormous scimitar-like swords at their sides and carry ebony staffs as thick as the handle of a baseball bat topped with great knobs of silver as big as your fist the united states government furnishes the outfits except for the swords formerly whenever our consul came out of the cavernous region of his hotel or walked down the narrow stone stairs of his office these two gaudy officials preceded him making the pavements ring with their staffs as they cleared his path when he stepped across the way to church though the streets were deserted and a baby might go about without danger a kavas always went with him and waited outside the building until his excellency was ready to return such extreme pomp as this has however begun to go out of style though the consul still has his strikingly garbed kavasses to lend the dignity expected of uncle sam's representatives the mosque of omar was supposed by the crusaders to be solomon's temple this is not so of course as the original building was destroyed long before their time it is now believed to have been built by a moslem governor in the seventh century but before that and soon after jerusalem was destroyed in the first century after christ the roman emperor hadrian is known to have built on this site a temple to jupiter it is believed that some of the pillars in the present mosque came from a church erected on mount zion by the christian emperor justinian the mosque is one of the finest specimens of byzantine architecture imagine a mighty dome of greenish copper on the top of which is a golden crescent let this be as large as or larger than that of the capitol at washington and let it rest upon a vast octagonal temple walled with tiles so fine that any one of them would be prized as a piece of rare china let there be a dado of marble below the tiles and a wide frieze above them inlaid with texts from the koran in arabic characters and let the whole be entered by mighty doors over which are beautifully carved arches and you have a faint idea of the dome of the rock another name by which this mosque is known here may be seen striking evidences of the belief of the mohammedans as to christ and the prophets they believe in abraham isaac and jacob and class jesus as one of the prophets although not so high as mohammed among the verses of the koran on the front of the mosque is one reading the messiah jesus is only the son of mary the ambassador of god and his word which he deposited in mary believe then in god and his ambassador and do not maintain that in one there are three another reads blessings be on me in the day of my birth and my death he is jesus the son of mary the word of truth concerning whom some are in doubt there are other passages of the koran which tell the stories of abraham isaac and jacob 
and the mohammedans reverence this spot in connection with them let us take off our shoes and go in the floor of the mosque is holy ground so none is permitted to enter except in his stockings or bare feet the inside is even more beautiful than the outside the walls and roofs are a mass of carvings and mosaics the mosaic is made up of bits of gold and glass the latter of many colors all so delicately put together that they form beautiful pictures each bit is only as big as the head of a nail or smaller and thousands of them are required to make a single picture the columns upholding the roof are of marble and the floor is of marble carpeted with old rugs from turkey and persia right in the centre of the mosque is the huge rock upon which abraham built his altar for isaac and upon which ornan's cattle threshed his grain and where the mohammedans say the angel gabriel will stand when he blows the last trumpet calling the people to judgment at that time according to muslim belief the souls of the human race will rush to this spot and present themselves before mohammed and christ who will pass on their virtues and sins after that all must go to the pillar of judgment and cross on the wire rope to the mount of olives according to another mohammedan story the moslems will be turned into fleas and mohammed himself into a sheep in which form he will ascend to heaven with the faithful fleas in his wool the rock is esteemed sacred by every mohammedan it is surrounded by an iron stockade which none is allowed to enter it is about forty feet long and sixty feet wide and rises some six feet out of the floor it fills the whole enclosure and comes so close to the fence that one can touch it or if he is devout as are most of the worshippers we see in the mosque he can put his mouth through the bars and impress a kiss upon it as we walk about the fence examining the rock our turban guide shows us its wonders here says he pointing to a round hole in one of the sides is the mark of mohammed's heel it was from that spot that the holy prophet ascended to heaven and as he rose the rock started to go up with him holding fast to his heel the angel gabriel had to put his hand upon it to keep it down and here pointing to five curious marks are the places where gabriel's fingers rested when he did so a little farther on the guide tells us that this rock is the centre of the earth and that some believe it to be the gate of hell he shows us a plate of jasper as big as a checkerboard in which are three golden nails saying that the plate originally contained nineteen nails which mohammed had driven into it one nail drops out at the end of each age of the muslim cycle and when the last nail is gone the end of the world will occur the guide offers to let me pull out the last three nails for a dollar apiece but i have no desire to hasten the judgment day and therefore refuse in that way i saved the world the devil got at this plate one day so our consular kavas tells me and was jerking out the nails at a great rate when the angel gabriel caught him and pulled him away these stories are silly but they are only a few of many which are told us when we are inside the mosque nevertheless the average mohammedan of this side of the world believes them and we see bearded gowned and turbaned men and white-sheeted veiled women praying over these holy places they kiss the marks of mohammed's footprints and run their handkerchiefs and beads over the rock they pray as they do so for the prophet said that one prayer here 
is worth a thousand uttered anywhere else and he prayed here himself the greatest interest of mount moriah however arises from the fact that we know this was the actual site of solomon's temple as well as that of the two other jewish temples which succeeded it the first house of god erected by the israelites was the tabernacle this was constructed at the direction of moses just after he had received the commandments it is said to have been just about half the size of the temple of solomon although there are passages in the scriptures which lead us to think the latter must have been very much larger the tabernacle was a movable building it was about fifty feet long and sixteen or seventeen feet wide the roof and walls were formed of curtains made of linen or wool beautifully sewed and fastened in places with gold buckles there were also curtains of goat's hair and of ram's wool dyed red some supposed the roof of the tabernacle to have been flat and others that it was ridged like a tent with a cube inside about sixteen feet square which was the holy of holies in the latter were the ark of the covenant and the tables of the law solomon's temple was planned by david who collected much of the material used solomon himself made a bargain with hiram king of tyre to aid him in supplying the timber and certain classes of the mechanics hiram was a phoenician king who lived up the coast and who controlled the forests of lebanon he gave solomon a concession of certain tracts of cedar and fir and the hebrew king sent men in parties of ten thousand each to go to the mountains and cut down the trees the servants of hiram helped them and they carried the lumber to the shores of the mediterranean and floated it down to jaffa whence it was brought up to jerusalem the bible says that solomon gave king hiram every year two thousand measures of wheat and twenty measures of coal as his part of the contract and that the two kings were associated together the first temple was begun by solomon more than twenty nine hundred years ago and it took seven years to build it i have translated some of its dimensions into feet the cubit which was then the unit of measurement was as long as the distance from a man's elbow to the tip of his middle finger and varied from eighteen to twenty-one inches putting the cubit at twenty inches the ground plan of the temple was sixty-six feet wide and one hundred and thirty-three feet long and according to some statements its height was fifty feet although one of the roofs rose eight feet and the other sixteen above the inside walls there is another place in the bible in which it is stated that the height of the porch was one hundred and twenty cubits which would make it two hundred feet high the temple of solomon had disappeared long before christ was born it was destroyed by nebuchadnezzar five ninety six b c and a new building was not erected until the jews came back from their captivity at babylon this was also destroyed many years later and a third and last temple was erected by herod the great eighteen years before christ in that temple occurred the scenes of christ's ministry it was there that he talked with the priests as a boy of twelve and from there he drove out the money changers the temple of herod is said to have been much finer than solomon's it has been described by josephus who probably had a ground plan of the building before him when he wrote he says that the space it covered was about twice as large as that of the old temple it was of much the same style as the temple of solomon 
but its approaches were more imposing and it doubtless displayed all the architectural beauties of the time which was one of magnificent buildings End of chapter nine